Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. Today we continue with our series, Family Plan. In the first week of the series, Pastor Andrew explained God's plan for marriage and that God created marriage to be a mirror of his love for us, that through marriage we get the chance to display God's grace, God's mercy, and God's forgiveness to our spouse. And then last week I addressed God's plan for parents. As parents, it is our job to discipline and train our children. And one day your child is going to stand before a holy God and your job is to prepare them for that day, to give them every, every little bit that you can, some foundation that they can stand on that as they mature and as they grow older, they'll want to follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And so week one was about God's plan for marriage. And then last week was about God's plan for parents. Next week will be God's plan for your family and the church. But today I want to share with you God's plan for children. God's plan for children. Now this is different than, than last week. Uh, last week was God's plan for parents where I was addressing the parents in the room. Um, when I speak specifically today on God's plan for children, I am addressing the children that are in the room. There was this father that, that won a toy as a gag gift at an office Christmas party. And when he got home, he called his three, he called his three kids together and he wanted to ask them which one of them deserved to get the toy. And so he looked at his kids and he looked at all three of them standing there in the kitchen and he said, who is the most obedient? And all three kids just had this dumbfounded look on their face and they just stared back at their father, not saying a word. Then he asked, who never talks back to mommy? Again, they just seem to be mystified and they're just staring back at him and the father said who does everything mommy says and with that question the kids were finally able to come to a conclusion and so these three small voices standing in the kitchen all answered in unison okay dad you get the toy <laughs> today I want to address all children in the room all children in the room and I'm not putting an age limit on it I want to cover all ages. I realize that the first two weeks of this series may have been a little bit of a stretch for some of you to get something out of it because not all, all, not all of us are married. Not all of us are parents. But every single one of us is someone's child. We mostly have middle schoolers, high schoolers, and adults in this room, which means that I need to cover a couple of phases of life today, and we'll get there in just a few moments. Now, for all of the middle schoolers and high schoolers, and, and we may have a few more that are a little younger than that, I'm going to let you in on a secret that not all of the adults will admit to you, but, but I think this is important that you understand our mentality and where we are at also, because deep down, no matter our age, we all still, we still feel like a teenager at times, not all the time, but, but sometimes I still, my mindset is, is like a teenager. I'm, I'm, I don't feel like I'm 40 something years old. I, I don't feel like I'm in my mid forties. Um, sometimes, sometimes now physically, I feel like I'm 82. Um, but, but mentally I don't always feel that way. And if you don't believe me, let me just tell you this, students. That's why your dad still laughs at fart jokes. 
He's got a little bit of a teenager in him. It's the reason why your mom starts dancing every time I want to dance with somebody comes on the radio. Yeah. I was going to say pour some sugar on me and I just could not get that image out of my head and I didn't want you mess with that either. So um, the, the biggest difference between you and your parents is that they've realized that they don't know it all and they're pretty sure you don't know it all either. And you're not quite there yet, but you will be soon enough. In the book of Ephesians, Paul addressed the church in Ephesus. I'm going to read a few verses out of Ephesians chapter 6, and then I'm going to go to Luke chapter 2 today. But in the book of Ephesians, Paul addressed the church in Ephesus. And as he's writing, Paul writes to the young and the old. He, he writes to the singles and the married. Paul writes to men and to women, and he writes to both parents and children. And I want to specifically look at three verses where he speaks to the children. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Paul writes, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Now, church, this is a no-brainer. It, it says what it means, and it means what it says. Uh, it, it, the best way for me to explain it is kind of like this. If you were my child, first of all, you wouldn't act the way you did if you were my child. But um, if you were my child, and you want it to go well with you, and you want it to go well with you, and you want to live long in my house, which is the land that God has given you, if you want it to go well and you want to live long in my house, then you will obey. <laughs> I didn't expect any middle school and high schoolers to say amen just then, but I was never afraid to tell my kids, your mother and I made you and we can make another one just like you. <laughs> and, and so however you want to take that, but obedience was something that we started at a young age in our household. You know what whatnots are? Nod your head if you do. All the teenagers are like, we have no idea what you're talking about. It's, it's the little breakable items that your grandmother has sitting you know, on, on shelves around her house. And when our kids were born, Mandy and I were not about moving all of those things up higher. You know, some of you, you like to childproof your home. Um, not us. We, we were just like, if you touch it, then you get a slap on the hand. And it doesn't take very long for, for that to, to register in their mind. And so for, for us, we did not have to do that. Like we didn't put those little plugs in to where if they go and stick their finger in the socket, it will, it, you know, it will keep them from getting, we just let them get shocked. <laughs> That's what's wrong with our kids. No, I'm just kidding. We did, we did baby proof it to that point. So, um, so the first stage of life that I want us to look at is, is the obedience stage. That's the first thing that Paul addressed there. Paul said, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So students, listen to me. Paul reiterates this again in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 20. Listen to what Paul says. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Obedience is one of those words. It's kind of like the word from last week, discipline, that it's just not fun. When we hear the word obedience, well, you know, we're thinking of like training a dog. You know, you take your dog to obedience school. 
And so we don't like the connotation that goes with this. What makes obedience so tough is that we often doubt the motives of the one asking us to obey. And it even happens with our parents. When, when our parents ask us to do something, sometimes we question the motive. Sometimes we just think they're on a power trip and that they just want to make us do something that we don't want to do. And from politics to parenting, our natural tendency is to question anyone in authority that asks us to do something that we don't want to do. And it doesn't stop just because you graduate from high school. This is a natural tendency. It's our flesh is what it is. And it's our natural tendency that, that when someone asks us to do something, someone in authority asks us to do something that we don't want to do, we tend to push back. Students, listen to old Pastor Rocky because I want to teach you something that many adults have yet to learn. But this is probably the most important principle that I could teach you today. When you learn to honor and obey authority, it opens up opportunities for God to bless you. When you learn to honor and obey authority in every aspect of your life, no matter how old you become, if you learn to do that, God is going to trust you with blessings that he wants to pour out on your life. Have you ever noticed, though, we have no problem obeying when it involves something that we are excited about doing? We have no problem obeying at all. It doesn't even feel like obedience when it's something that we're excited about. It's kind of like this. Children don't like to clean their rooms. It's just not natural. Children don't like to clean their rooms. So when mom or dad commands them to clean their room, children seldom jump at the opportunity and just start picking up items and, and, and putting them in their proper places. No, usually children will push back and they'll show some form of disrespect and or disobedience. But you take that same child and promise them a bowl of their favorite flavor of ice cream after their room is cleaned. And they will knock the door off the hinges for the opportunity to clean their room and devour that bowl of ice cream. Understand this, children. This is not obedience. This is domestic extortion is what it is. <laughs> Be careful with that. Kids get good at playing the games with their parents. Be careful with that. Obedience is accomplished when you follow orders even when you don't want to. Obedience is realized when you do what's commanded of you even when you think that your way is better. Let's be honest. Everyone in the room, I'm going to take a poll here, everyone in the room. How many of you have had someone in authority tell you how to do something but you were convinced in your mind that you knew a better way of how to do it, how to accomplish it. Yep. I'm telling you, this is a natural human tendency that we have to fight against. Now, we don't get too much of a recorded history of the childhood of Jesus. I'm going to go over to Luke chapter 2 and, and, and read some verses there. We don't get too much of a recorded history of his childhood. We get the details surrounding his birth, obviously, and that's why we celebrate Christmas. We get a little bit of information of his life at two years old involving wise men, uh, an angry, jealous king, and then the family relocating to Egypt for a few years. And then we get this brief moment where we see Jesus at 12 years old at the temple. And so if God chose to include this in his holy word, then there must be a reason as to why God would include it. And today I think... The reason is, is because he wants us to learn the importance of obedience. 
Luke chapter 2, verse 41. Now his parents, that's, that's Jesus, now parents of Jesus went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Mm. praise God that there's moments that even the pastor gets new revelation and I just I just saw something just jump off the page at me just then we'll see how God works that in I have no idea we know there's absolutely no doubt that Jesus knew the Old Testament law from a young age in a young Jew's life that boy is forced to learn the Word of God. Now, whether or not he comprehends it, whether or not he memorizes it, that is, that is a different story. And obviously, Jesus was one that was comprehending the law of God. Can you imagine, though, the terror that set in when Mary and Joseph realized that Jesus was not returning back to Nazareth with them? They've been traveling for a few days here, and 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 they're, they're trying to get back to their hometown, and, and, and Jesus is nowhere to be found. The responsibility of raising God's son it, it has to be a heavy responsibility. The weight of knowing that you lost God's son has to be even a greater responsibility, right? I mean, at the moment that you, you realize we have lost God's son, just panic, terror has to, to enter into these hearts of these parents and so they return back to Jerusalem looking for him. And somewhere in their search, it finally clicks in their minds, let's go back to the temple. Because you know, that kid never shuts up about the law of God. He's always trying to explain. We sit down at the dinner table and he's trying to explain to us what his father's kingdom is all about. He's always trying to come up with a new way to explain life to us through his father's eyes. And so finally, they find him there. And, and the one thing that I believe God just revealed to me, even as we were reading this scripture, is that for some of you students in the room, you get frustrated because you know that you have giftings in your life. But it doesn't feel like anybody, especially your parents, are recognizing those gifts. The Bible says that, that his mother took this experience of him sitting there at the temple teaching. The teachers of the law are amazed at what he 
is, is able to, to say to them, to teach them in the questions that he's asking. And the Bible says that she treasured up all of these things in her heart. She didn't forget them. Understand this. There are people in your life, authority figures in your life, that they are just saying not now. They're not saying not ever. They're just saying not now because they know what the world is like and they want to protect the calling and the giftings that God has on your life. Jesus was the Son of God. Emmanuel, God with us. He was God incarnate, God in the flesh. And in this moment of reprimand, if you will, instead of exercising his divinity, the Bible says that he was submissive to his parents. Just as God set the example of, for us with, with the Sabbath rest, Jesus sets the example for us with the first commandment that deals with man's relationship to man. The first four commandments are man's relationship to God. We get to this fifth commandment. And it's the first one that deals with man's relationship to man. Exodus 20 and verse 12, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And in this moment, we see God submitting to man. That Jesus obeyed his mere earthly human parents. The Son of God, who knew more about his purpose in life than anyone else on this earth, he obeyed his parents and he went back to Nazareth with them. He left the big city life of Jerusalem behind, understanding that, that staying in Jerusalem could have possibly expedited his, his divine call on his life. There's no doubt if enough people continue to hear, to hear this young kid teach the way that he does, they're going to realize that there's something special about him. He could have become the youngest rabbi in history. We don't know. But there was something special about him. But he chose to do what his parents told him to do. And in doing so, he dignified the most basic element of the parent-child relationship, and that's obedience. When parents and children can get this right... It creates a healthy relationship, a healthy environment for them to grow and mature in. Nothing tells your parents that you love them more than obedience. So to all of the middle school and high school students in the room, the next time that you feel the need to disobey your parents because you were smarter than they are, just remember these words. God is omniscient. He knows it all. But Jesus still chose to obey his earthly parents. Last weekend, I was in Gainesville killing some time. It was late in the afternoon, and my family was out of town, and, and I went into a, a, a clothing store that I like to, to, to go in. I'm not going to tell you the name of it simply because they're not paying me to promote them. And if they want to start, if Coles wants to start giving us some, some money for it, I'll, I'll tell you where I was shopping. And I was standing there in the store, and... Um, and there was this, this elderly woman, and she was in the, the young men section of the store. So I know she's not shopping for herself. And about 25, 30 feet away from her is, is this, this young man, probably 15, 16 years old maybe. And she would hold up shirts, and she would call him by name, and she'd say, hey, look at this one. And I couldn't help, and I would just look over at him to see his response, and he had one headphone in, the other one hanging out. 
and he would not even acknowledge that this woman, this elderly woman, was speaking to him. I could tell by the look on his face that he did not want to be seen with her. I could tell just by his demeanor that he was fed up with the whole shopping experience, and she is trying her best. She is holding up shirts. She's going from one rack to the next, just trying to get him to notice. And it hit me what was happening. This was Grandma taking him clothes shopping, probably paying for the entire day, and he had no respect for her at all. So I snatched him by the ear. I drug him to the dressing room. I beat the, no, that's what I wanted to do. Church, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I, I'm, I'm, st I'm standing over behind the clothes. I'm, I'm like praying in the spirit. And I'm like, God, I'm about to go beat this kid. I, I mean, I wanted to walk up to him and, and be like, look at me, look at me. She's going to die one day, probably in the next 10 years, if not today. You, you need to show some respect, kid. That's what I wanted to do. And man, I didn't, I didn't, because I just didn't want to make the day any worse for the grandmother because I knew that that, that thing could blow up. In my day, that kind of disrespect was not tolerated. I am who I am today because someone taught me to respect parents and grandparents. And, and just in case, just in case you're wondering, that's all the parents and grandparents that are amen and me and applauding right there, not the middle schoolers and high schoolers. The next thing that Paul addresses is, is this next stage of life. It's the honor stage of life. Obviously, we eventually reach a point in life where we have to make decisions on our own. Now, I want, I want all of the adult children in the room to listen to me. And so th this, this is the rest of us in the room. There comes a point in time where, where you've got to get out of mom and dad's house. You've got to get out from underneath their care. They don't need to be paying your bills. I understand there's, there's moments where tough times hit and, and sometimes family has to step in. And, and, but, but, but for the most part, you reach a certain age where your parents should not have to support you anymore. It doesn't mean that now you don't have to respect them. No, you have to honor them. It doesn't mean that we don't acknowledge and respect the opinion of our parents. No, we lend an ear, and, and, and let me tell you this, and, and for the, the older children in the room, the older we get, the more stuck we become in our ways. We become a little bit more hard-headed, if you will, and we've got to be careful with that. But, but to all the younger children in the room, I, I want you to extend grace and mercy to those of us that are set in our ways. It's a different world than the w world that we were raised in. We know what worked for us, and we just want to beat that into you, but it's okay. There was this one time when Jesus was attending the same wedding that his mom was. He was around the age of 30. And at this wedding in Cana, they ran out of wine at the wedding. And, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, she knows that her son is capable of this. Remember, she kept all of these matters in mind. She knew what her son was capable of. And she also knew that at the appointed time, that, that he was going to step into the limelight and he was going to reveal that he's the son of God. And so she calls for Jesus. Come here, son. Yes, mother. They've run out of wine. And, and Jesus looks at her and he says, Woman, what does this have to do with me? He says, My time has not yet come. 
Now, I've got this look that I can give my kids. If we are in a restaurant, if we, it, it's, it's happened since they were a young age. It, they're, they're almost 22. It will happen today. It probably happened last night. But there is this look that I can give my kids that it, it, at that moment, it shuts down their conversation. They, they can be opinionated. They can be talking. But when my look goes from to... That's when my kids know I've said too much. I probably need to shut my mouth. I picture Mary. It's, this is, listen, this is my sermon. Let me tell it the way that I want to. I picture Mary at this moment when Jesus says, Woman, what does this have to do with me? My time has not yet come. I picture Mary going. And she looks at the servants and she says, Do whatever he tells you to do. Mary drops the mic and walks off. Jesus did exactly what his mother told him to do. He made more wine. There are times, even as adults, that we must humor, I meant honor, our parents and do things that we might not necessarily want to do. It means that you get to go fishing with your dad when you don't have time because now you've got a job and you've got a family, but your dad has some extra time. It means that you take your mom to Cracker Barrel, even though it's not your favorite place to eat, it's her favorite place to eat. It means that you take the day off and you go play a round of golf with your dad. It means that you stop what you're doing And you take your mom to see a movie. Even if she gives you a dollar and says, go buy me some popcorn. <laughs> and Paul, Paul addressed this stage of life. Ephesians 6 and 2, he says, honor your father and mother. As children, we're called to obey our parents as adults, we are called to honor our parents. And I understand this, that this is a struggle for some of you because not all parents are honorable. Not all parents deserved, deserve to be honored. But the commandment is not honor your father and mother if they deserve to be honored. You have to understand that this is less about them and it's more about you. And God, after all, he is the one that commanded you to honor your parents and he did not put an expiration date on it. And as your parents get older, it's important that you honor their lives by making sure that their needs are met and that they are cared for. And I'm not foolish enough to dictate what that looks like for you and your family because it's different. The needs are different. The circumstances are different. For some of you, it might be that you feel led to move your family member, your elderly mother or father in with you and your family. I know that for me and my family, we had a tough decision to move my father into a nursing home. 
Alzheimer's requires 24-7 care that we were not capable of giving my father. He was going to hurt one of us or he was going to hurt himself and we knew that he needed 24-7 care. Whatever that looks like for you as an adult child, you're still called to honor them and we honor our parents by making sure that they're cared for in their old age. And again, Christ sets the example for us even as his life was ending. Scripture tells us that as he was hanging on the cross, his mother was there watching and weeping from the foot of the cross. And it was breaking her heart to watch her firstborn son die. He was about to fulfill his calling that she knew full well, even at the age of 12, she knew what he was called to do. And he was about to die for the sins of the world. And hanging on the cross, the question comes to his mind, who will take care of my mother? And he looks down from the cross and he sees his mother and the apostle John standing next to each other and he says, woman, behold your son. Behold your mother. In other words, John, I need you to take care of my mom. He was making the arrangements as he is dying for his mother to be taken care of. And that's what God's plan for children involves. Taking care of your parents in their old age. As kids, we were made to respect our parents. I'm not saying this is the best way. I'm just saying this is the way that, that it was done in our household. We were made to say, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. Yes, sir, and no, sir. If we didn't, we were corrected. We didn't talk back. At least not twice, because if we did it the first time, the next thing was a slap across the face. Therefore, we didn't talk back a second time. Learning to obey and honor the authority that God had placed over our home growing up, it taught me to obey and honor the authority of God in my life. It has made it easier for me as an adult to say, yes, Lord. Because of the obedience and the honor that I was basically forced to give to my parents. Philippians 2, verses 6 through 8 says, Though he was God, Jesus, though, though Jesus was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. You see, God uses earthly obedience to prepare us for godly orders. How can you say yes to your heavenly father that you've never seen when you can't honor and obey your earthly parents that gave birth to you? 
You can't. Your relationship with your parents, with your earthly parents, is more about your relationship with you and God than it is with them. God uses it no matter how great it was or how bad it was. God uses that relationship for you to learn how to trust and obey him. And if you want God to use you, then you must learn to honor and obey the authority covering that he has put in your life. As children, we obey. As adult children, we honor. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.